Do you have solo economic dependency? That is, if you aren't working, you aren't making money. The Art of Passive Income Podcast is the solution. Discover passive income models so you can enjoy life on your own terms. Let freedom ring. Hey, it's Mark www.thelandgeek.com. And today's going to be a special podcast. We're actually going to mix it up a bit and provide all of you land geekers a taste of the best of the best segments of our roundtable podcast, which have been immensely popular. So sit back with a latte or an espresso or an Americano or some kind of caffeinated drink, maybe a cold group coffee like me, and enjoy the best of the best of our roundtable segments. We were talking before the uh, podcast call, and Eric Peterson brought up a good point. So I'm going to give it to Eric. Eric, who are we talking about? All right. So we were talking about the ethics of wholesaling. Um, the, the situation was um, basically I had a, a wholesaler contact me about available properties for wholesale. Um, I actually just gave him one property that I was willing to wholesale in a price. And uh, at that time, he you know, said he'd take a look at it. He was interested in the property and uh, said he'd follow up with me in a couple days. When he didn't, I followed up with him again. And uh, his response was basically, yeah, I like the property, but you know, we'll see if my buyer wants it. If, if so, then I'll purchase it. So, you know, um, that was actually the first time I've run into that. And it just, it didn't seem quite on the up and up to me. Um, and was just curious as to kind of what the proper etiquette is in wholesaling. Tate, what are your thoughts on this? You know, this is something that I've seen happen time and time again. And it's kind of why I'm selective with who I choose to wholesale with, because the idea with wholesaling is not for you to go and test your buyer's list with my property. Um, the idea with it is I'm helping you out as a friend or as an associate. And if you want the property, fantastic. Do your due diligence, in my opinion. Uh, determine if it's right for you and for your buyer's list. And if you want it, great. That's why it's for sale at wholesale pricing. But if I find out you're testing the market or you know, sending it out to your buyer's list, you know, that's going to be kind of offensive to me. And you'll probably burn that bridge with me. Well, was Sean Rickman to play devil's advocate, right? Sure, I can if do that. If you're wholesaling... What do you care? Yeah, if, if I'm willing to wholesale it to you anyway, then I guess I don't care if it's today or next week and you send it out to some people you know, but you don't get the option of a holding payment for a wholesale property. If you want it, then you can have it. If not, you can try and find a buyer, but there's a good chance I will in the meantime anyway. And if you find a buyer and I've already found one, then you're out of luck. Totally agree. Yeah, Scott Todd, what, do you thought? what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I do agree, but at the same time, like, you know, there, there's uh, the, well, what, what do you agree with? Do you agree with Sean? Or agree I with agree with what Sean's saying. Like, what, what does it really matter? But at the same time, I'm going to talk, I'm going to walk the line, right? At the same time, you're either in this business or you're not. Make a decision and take a chance, right? Like you've done it. I've done it. That's the only way to grow your business is to, is to, you know, is to put your heart and soul into a property, invest in it, and then you know see what the market says. You're either right or you're wrong. But either way, you're going to you're going to be able to sell the property. Right, right. Eric Peterson, do you feel like the person in a way sort of it's like taking advantage of you unfairly? Um, in a sense, I just yeah, I, I think so. You know, I mean. I, I look back at it and I'm glad that I didn't share any of my marketing materials and things like that, that I had on this property. Um, because then I really would have felt like taken advantage of because, you know, I'm currently advertising the, the property at a certain price. And I, I told the guy, you know, well, I think you can get this for it. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I would be, I would feel less, frustrated or offended by it if if he was up front at the beginning and said you know look i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and market this property to my buyers list or whatever it is um you know just so you know that's that's my intention 
and then at that point, you know, I could say, hey, that's cool or, or not. But um, I think that's I think that's the key. Sorry to interrupt is like if you're upfront about it, like, hey, I think I've got a buyer lined up for something similar in this area. Do you mind if I throw him, you know, if I pitch this property to him ahead of time? If he had said that, I'm sure you would have said, yeah, no problem. Go right ahead. Yeah. And then you're happy because if that guy buys it and you make some money and he's a happy camper as well because he just got a new another sale. So I don't see any problem with that. It's just when people try to do it kind of in the shadows that, that kind of irritates me. Cause I've, I've given people my wholesale list before and then I found it, you know, my property for sale on their website. And it's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You don't even oh, know. Sean Rickman's got a, got, got a, had a reaction to that. Sean, what are you thinking there? Yeah. I mean, that's a step too far. If you've got a buyer in an area and you want to run it by him, like Tate said, even if you didn't tell me about it, all right, I, I kind of get it, but don't advertise my property on your website unless you've already put down some good faith money or something and you're in the process of buying it at least. Yeah. But Scott yeah. Todd, how is this any different than us before we, but we close with a seller putting out test ads? And, and pre-selling. Why well, is it? Why, well, why, are, why are, as our standard? I think that the difference you know, is, is that I may not have bought the property, but I have the right to sell the property. I have it, I have it under contract, right? Like I have, I have an agreed offer on it. Okay. That gives me an equitable interest in the property versus uh, me just taking a property of yours, putting it on my website. It's to me, that's no different than a photographer taking pictures and marking as their own on their own photography website. It's not, it's not yours, right? Like if you want to shop it to, to your buyers list privately, that's good. But putting on your website, I'd say that's a no deal because you don't have an interest in it. Eric Peterson. Well, there's, there's one small detail I left out and that was that, uh, on the initial conversation, um, you know, I, I gave him a, a price for the property and he actually tried to negotiate that down, um, it, which led me to believe more so that his intention was just to buy the property, not to, you know, go out and market it. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, that's, <laughs> man, if we're going to negotiate, I mean, we're getting married, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> don't waste my time negotiating if we're not going to do the deal, uh, you know, or at least have the best of intent. If you don't have, oh, let me shop it, but I want the best price today. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm coming over on Eric's side now. Yeah, I'm out. All right, so Sean, you're, you're, you're not going to deal with that guy. No, I mean, the way I view it is like when I do a wholesale deal, it's, you know, it's kind of a friendly transaction between somebody who has similar interest as me. I'm okay with them making their money as long as they're okay with me making my money. And then, you know, we both have a mutual interest and that's move property. And the minute you start doing things like this, it, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And it makes me think that, like, you know, life's too short. I don't want to have to deal with you. Sean Rickman, what's a clean deal look like for you in a wholesale deal? If I'm buying, then I do the research. You know, I expect that if you're giving me such a good price on it, I'm going to cause you as little hassle as possible. That doesn't mean I'm not going to come back and say, hey, you know, I'd feel more comfortable if this cost a little less, but I'm doing my due diligence and it should be a faster sale. If I'm wholesaling it, that's what I expect because why am I giving you a deep discount? If I've got to negotiate with you, I've got to call you back. I've got to put in just as much effort as I would with a buyer at full price. I, I I agree with that, Scott Todd. You're you look quizzical. No, I I, I think the same thing. I think that uh, you know, like it, it's um, you know, we we, we all no, no one likes tire kickers, right? And I I think that if I'm if I'm selling a property for full retail price and I get a tire kicker, I'll deal with it. If I got someone beating me down on the wholesale price and then a tire kicker, stop wasting my time. It's too precious. Tate, is it unethical to do land arbitration? So you you sell it for two fifty down, two fifty a month, and they immediately flip it for five hundred down, five hundred a month. They don't own it, right? It's on a land contract, but they're collecting the the difference. They're, no, I mean as long as they're upfront with their buyer. Not unethical. Or, yeah, I mean in my opinion, no. Eric Peterson, unethical. I, 
I don't think so. If they, as long as they've disclosed it um, with me and obviously with the buyer, um, I don't, I don't have an issue with that. Sean Rickman. Yep. That's fine with me. Once again, if I was willing to sell it for that price to begin with, and I don't care that much what you do with it, you're the one putting yourself at risk. If for some reason you stop paying me and I foreclose, you've got an angry buyer on the other end. Well, you don't even have to foreclose because it's a land contract. You yeah, own right. the property. Yeah. Scott Todd, any problems with that? No, not at all. Not at all. Hey, Mark, can I uh, walk you through a wholesale example that I had this week? Yeah. Just to show you how it, it should work, right? And Mike Zano called me up, said, hey, I've got these properties. I said, let me give you, let me give you a call back. Uh, let me think about it. He sent me over some APNs. I looked at them. You know what? For the price, it was worth the risk. I said, yes. Checks in the mail. He recorded the deed and we were done. That was the whole process. I mean, it, it seriously took five minutes to close the deal with him. I said, yes, sent the money. He recorded the deed. I own him. I mean, that, that's a clean deal. That's the way it should be, in my opinion, because that's what, I mean, that's why I'm not paying full retail for these things. And that's why you're you know, putting some faith in this person too. I mean, I don't want to do wholesale deals with somebody that I don't necessarily trust, Right because I don't know if their due diligence is up to the same standards as mine. So I'm very selective with who I work with, but then again, people in our community have been trained by the best. So I'm pretty comfortable working with people in our community. Scott Todd, how are you? Mark, I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. But I'm a little concerned about um, Tate and some, uh, Something I, I think he has a big revelation to make. What do you think? Yeah, I, talk, talk about something. You got a it's confession. more of a confession. Yeah, it's more of a confession. And uh, I need to just come straight out and get it off my chest. And uh, is this wait, before you do, before you do, Tate, like, d d does your wife know about this confession? And not only does she know about it, she supports me in it, Scott. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh oh. The uh -oh. confession I have to make is I have been cheating. Cheating? Yep. I've what? Been cheating. cheating in what way? I've been cheating at this business. I've been cheating, Scott. And the way that I've been cheating is I have bought so much wholesale land over the last month that our enterprise value in three days went up like $110,000, all because I mailed zero offers. How amazing is that? Yeah, that's cheating all right. <laughs> so Should I feel bad about this? Should I feel bad about this? It's like I just, I just tapped into this, this method for acquiring great property at a fantastic price that I can sell and still make my numbers on. I mean, I just bought seven properties from Eric yesterday. Poor Eric gave them to me at a song and I'm going to make, I don't know, 400% on the deal. It's amazing. It's the greatest, the greatest revelation I've ever had in this business. It's amazing. Yeah, but Scott Todd, why is he, is he sort of positioning this as, as cheating? Yeah. Yeah, so look, Mark, last, last week in flight school, we had a conversation about uh, the fact that, you know, some, some people are getting offer letters back at a different rate, right? And that's the way it happens. People, people have offer letters that come at different times. And I basically said, hey, look, because, uh, and then, so one person said, hey, I'm not getting the offer letters back at the same pace that I want to. And another person said, man, I've got this land, but I don't have the money. And I'm like, let me introduce you guys, right? Like you both have a problem and boom, you, you, you go. And so then I got an email or a message from a flight school student who basically said, hey, I cheated and uh, just bought some land wholesale. And I was really, I was really shocked by the words cheated, right? I, I know he's just goofing around and, and, and playing around. But that said, you know, like I do see people that are like really hesitant to like buy land wholesale because there is something fun about, well, there's no, something not, no, no, there's no, no, there no. Is something sexy about like mailing an offer letter and then someone bringing it back to you and you're like, I got it. It's like hunting, right? But in fact, it's terribly painful, I think, 
<laughs> you know, well, like let's, I, everything wholesale. Let's talk to the hunter in the group, Bearland Aaron. <laughs> is, is it considered cheating in a way, the model, if you sort of take this simpler approach and buy wholesale? Where someone else went out and, and did sort of the, the mailing piece of it. Well, no, I don't think it's so much cheating. I mean, it is a shortcut, but shortcuts are, you know, sometimes the, the life of business, you know. Um, I think it was like maybe the second or third property we owned, I bought from Tate Wholesale. And this is early on, you know, um, when things just sometimes aren't moving along in the mailing section, the way you need them to, you know, you still have responsibility of a business to run. You have to look first and foremost to that business and it's viability. And if that means, you know, Hey, I'm going to go out on the open market to the wholesale market and pick up some land so I can sell it and I can keep my business running and I can feed my family and do the things that I want to do. Oh, that's not cheating. You know, who says, who says that's cheating? I don't. Maybe Eric, maybe Eric Peterson says it's cheating. Eric, when you first started, would you consider taking a shortcut in the business, especially when you're going through something like flight school, right? Is this cheating? No, it's, it's not. It's actually, um, I would consider it to be a, a great strategy, especially for those people just getting started. So um, in, in particular, those in flight school. So if they've got a property from day one, as they're moving through the modules with Scott and learning about all the processes, yeah, they can, they can start mailing and doing their county research as, as Scott teaches that. But if they already have a property at the same time, they can be marketing that property and trying to sell it. Now, they're not going to get to the marketing module till a couple modules later, but when they do get there, they're going to be well prepared. They have a property to market and they're going to be able to just take off and, and start using those methods right away. So um, actually, I mean, in my opinion, every student that, that starts flight school should have a property in hand, ready to go. Um, because, you know, we all know it takes three to four weeks at least uh, once you start mailing till you start getting, you know, those, those offers back and uh, then you got to do your due diligence and then, you know, you can purchase them. But um, it's a, it's a slow process, especially just getting started, which is also why we say don't stop mailing. Right, right. And um, speaking of flight school, today's podcast is sponsored by Flight School. If you want to learn more about flight school and the ins and outs and what you can achieve in there, just go to thelandgeek.com forward slash training, schedule a call with Mike Zane or Scott Bossman, Land Geek certified coaches, and talk to them about May Flight School, which is uh, filling up fast. So, Scott Todd, what are, your, what are your thoughts with your flight school students? Should they be sticking to the knitting? Is it okay to, to do a wholesale deal? Well, I think, I think that uh, there's, there's A-okay to do the wholesale deal. The problem I have is when they do it like week one, because they're not ready. They need to, I think, learn the fundamentals of hunting. But then once they have that and then there's time to, to, to go, you know, in between, I think that they're good to go to, to get some wholesale land. And, um, right, right. you know, and then, then they can start executing on the, the marketing and then the, uh, the sales piece. Yeah. You know, it was interesting at bootcamp, Mark Livingston had a mailing that he was going through LG pass and something went, went horribly wrong. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but the mailing sort of just failed on him. So his deal flow just basically dries up. And what Mark does, is he pivots. He's like, well, I'm not stopping. I'm not going to be a chicken company with no chicken right? And he buys property from people in the community wholesale. And I thought that was a really savvy way of solving that problem. And then, you know, of course, I, I personally think that the more deal flow channels you have from the mailing to wholesaling, you can do automation with Craigslist, that IFTT.com video that I have. Just go to youtube.com forward slash landgeek and look up um, Craigslist automation. Is it Craigslist? Yeah. Like to look for FISBO deals, like why not? Right. Um, Tate, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I'm, I'm buying as much land as I can wholesale just because at first it is sexy to mail and, and get the, 
get the land, go through the entire process. But once you've done it a number of times, you realize that, hey, if I could eliminate this entire part of my business, I could focus on just one thing and that's selling land, something that I'm really good at. And so it helps you reach your goals. Now, I do think it's important to be well-versed on how to do it because sometimes you're not going to be able to find the land you want in the areas you're looking for. So that's when the mailing needs to come in and you got to know how to price property. But I don't know. I think that uh, you're a smart, smart investor and a smart business owner. If you looked at all resources uh, that you have available to you. So when I say cheating, I don't mean it's cheating by any means. I think it's fair play, but uh, you know, I, I, it's turned out to be really uh, a good investment for me. Right, right. I mean, let's, let's put on, you know, let's have Bearland Aaron put on like the Sigmund Freud hat and look at it psychologically. I could imagine that somebody would have a psychological barrier of, hey, look, you are making about 100% return on me. And as a result, why should I pay the premium for a wholesale piece property when I can just mail and get it and save myself that 100% markup, most likely. Fairland Aaron, do you think that's a psychological barrier? Oh, it definitely is. I mean, I've struggled with that myself because, you know, you, you think of uh, kind of some of the principles of, a, you know, a business, this kind of business is you're trying to buy things, um, a product, and you're trying to get it as cheaply as possible you know, with the quality that you want and you're trying to sell it for as much money as possible. So in that mindset, you know, the mailing's the way to go because that is where you're going to get it as inexpensive as possible. Um, but the thing that a lot of people don't consider, I think, is that you have a couple advantages to the wholesale is, um, you know, the property's already been vetted. You don't have the due diligence expense and time. Um, you can still check a couple things out just to double check for your own peace of mind. But, you know, that's been done by if you're buying from a reputable wholesaler, you know, somebody that's been through the program and has some experience, you should feel pretty confident in knowing that you're buying a good property. But that saves you a lot of time, times money, you know, um, and you're, you're not having to go through the time of the whole mailing piece and all that. So you're saving a lot that can offset some of that extra cost because you're not going to spend it on the next step. Um, for a flight school student, the other advantage to having, you know, wholesale property, even if you are mailing, um, that you're starting to market while you're in flight school is when you do get to that marketing piece, uh, just think of the, instead of, uh, just instead of learning everything, from a blank slate, you know, if you've already been trying to market a property, maybe you've had some trial and error experience. Just think of the questions you're going to have, uh, you know, when flights, when that module does come along, um, you might, you might be at a further place and you might get more out of that flight school module because you have had some, you know, marketing experience. So there's a lot of advantages to it. And that psychological barrier is something that you just have to contend with because it, it is there, but you, you need to think of it in two ways and see which of those two ways is more beneficial to your business at the moment. Right. And, and Scott Todd, I think it's really important for the people listening, people listening that they are not sort of taken in by the funny math of a wholesale deal where you and I will talk about it like, oh, look at this person trying to quote unquote wholesale this deal. And so let's kind of walk back. Like what does a wholesale deal really comprise of? So like for me, what I'm looking for when I'm buying land wholesales, I'm looking to, um, to be able to uh, double my money on a cash sale. So, you know, if the land's going for a $2,000, well, then I need to be able to buy that land for a maximum of a thousand. Forget what the terms price is for a minute. I need to be able to at least double my money on the cash deal. And that's kind of what I look for when I'm looking at, at uh, you know, wholesale properties. Yeah. I mean, Eric Peterson, what we see oftentimes is a wholesaler saying, hey, look, this is what you can sell it for on terms. And that's not that's not the wholesale price. It's exactly what Scott said, right? It's going to be 
the liquidation value on a cash sale, can I make at least 100% on that? So how would you go about, like if you're a newbie, how would you go about protecting yourself to make sure that you're not overpaying on a wholesale deal and you're not sort of getting being taken advantage of by a more experienced, maybe a predatory seller, you know, sort of luring you in with these whole, you know, look, this is what you're going to sell for on, on terms. Yeah. So I think that, um, obviously it requires doing your own comps, right? I mean, you can't go by what the wholesaler is telling you exclusively. I mean, yes, those are points of data to consider, but you need to go out and, and check those comps yourself and look at past sales and, uh, see if you can find some cash sales to, to match it up against to make sure you're comfortable with those numbers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Tate, how do you find the best wholesale deals? Well, I contact my friends within the business. I mean, you know, I'll reach out to people I like working with or trust. I even have one guy that I work with where I can call him up and place an order. Say, Hey, I want land in this area. This is the max I'll pay for it. Go nuts. You know, it, it, I think it comes down to working within our community. That's, that's so amazing. And I'd feel comfortable buying from anybody that, you know, is, has gone through flight school with Scott because I trust Scott and I know that Scott teaches everybody the correct way of doing things. So when I know that and I have that confidence in somebody's education and, and the way that they do business, and I also know that they're going to stand behind their product, right? If the property I buy from Eric turns out to be, um, have a bunch of issues with it that Eric maybe missed. I know Eric's going to make it right. You know, Eric's not going to miss anything because he's one of the most thorough guys I know, but that's the kind of trust and confidence that I have. And that's what makes buying wholesale property that much easier for me. And ultimately the person selling the property has to understand that I need to make money on this deal too. And if both parties are in agreement on that, then the deal can go by super smoothly. Let's just keep moving forward. So I've got a new course. It's, it's complete, but I think this roundtable podcast is really going to be the, the cherry on top. The proper way to wholesale a deal. If you're a buyer and a seller. Now my course, which is a free course, that's coming out is how to double your money 21 days or less. And wholesaling has a lot of advantages because you don't have to get a list. You don't have to scrub a list. You don't have the price list that's already eliminated. You just go to the wholesaler who's already done all this hard work. Then you buy it from the wholesaler whom will learn today better leave enough meat on that bone for you as the wholesaler to make money. And then as you're the seller, selling it the quickest way to sell it as well. So the course goes through all these pieces, buying it right, doing your due diligence, trust but verify your wholesaler, and then how to quickly sell it 21 days or less, double your money. Eric Peterson, let's just start with you. As far as buying wholesale goes, what would be your advice to somebody who's just getting started, they wanna double their money? Okay, so this is for the buyer side. So I'm, I'm the wholesaler. I'm selling the property to them. Um, what they should expect is, number one, I did my due diligence, but you need to go out and do your own due diligence, okay? Um, you need to trust but verify. So if you're using the LandGeek VAs, give them that property. Have them do the due diligence on it. Um, they need to um, verify the taxes on the property and inquire uh, with the wholesaler to ensure that they're going to deed that property to them with the taxes paid up to current. Um, that's kind of the expected practice that the wholesaler would take care of any back taxes unless they're telling you that up front. You know, hey, there's $500 of back taxes on this property. Um, they're going to transfer with the property. Otherwise, the wholesaler should take care of that. Um, the paperwork, the wholesaler is going to do the paperwork. They're going to ask you how you want that property deeded. Um, and they'll fill out the, the new deed. 
And if there's a supporting state specific form, they should fill that out as well. Um, as the wholesaler, they should then reach out to the buyer and have them confirm the information on the deed. Uh, when you get that deed to look at and that TD 1000 or state specific form, whatever it might be, um, as the buyer, you should be checking your information, making sure your name is correct, your business name, your address, things like that. The parcel number is, is the one that you're buying. Um, all those kinds of things you should be verifying before that wholesaler goes and signs and notarizes that deed and records it for you. That's the last step of the process. Um, the wholesaler is going to um, record that, that signed and notarized deed for you and then provide a copy of that finished deed. Um, that's kind of the standard practice that I would expect to have. Um, you know, that's, that's pretty much how I work, I guess. Uh, the only other thing I would add is, um, you know, if you're buying wholesale, it's okay to try to, neg to negotiate. However, um, you need to do that before you put money down on the property. So if the wholesaler is accepting a down payment to lock up that property, don't pay that down payment and then, you know, come the next day and say, well, I know you're asking 2000, but would you take 1800? You know, um, if, if you want to do that, do it beforehand. Maybe the wholesaler will agree. Maybe they won't, but um, it's important to do that before you lock up the deal. Mike Zana, what do you want to add to that? Uh, well, that was pretty inclusive, Mark. That was, <laughs> I mean, he covered everything and, uh, Sounds like there might have been a personal experience there at the end where someone might have tried to <laughs> pay and then, uh, you know, ask him for a better deal. But yeah, I always tell people you got to treat it like an accepted offer, right? So if you're the one uh, buying the property, treat it like an accepted offer. Do your due diligence as are uh, clearly uh, stated. And yeah, I mean, it's it's a fluid process. The more you do, the better you get, just like the, our whole business is rinse and repeat, right? So, so isn't uh, wholesale, same thing, rinse and repeat. Um, I think that, uh, you know, he basically covered everything, really. It's just, you know, there's some intricacies in there because, um, you know, people, in terms of how you're going to, I guess, if you're looking at how to uh, price it because you're, you're the one that's going to sell it, well, you got to know your market. you got to know your comps, and um, you'll learn very quickly if your price too high because nobody will buy it, <laughs> you know. And then, you know, there, I think there's an ethical component. you got to leave meat on the bone. We always say that, right? you got to have – have it so that uh, the person can almost double their money cash, but they could definitely make three, four hundred percent terms, maybe more. And then you got to be comfortable with it. I remember uh, in the beginning, uh, well, people, you know, the, the hardest part is to kind of divorce yourself from the fact that these people are going to make a lot of money, right? And you're going to, you can't look back and say, well, geez, wow, I feel, you know, you want them to make money and you want them to be excited. I remember someone bought for me and they were like, well, geez, I, I didn't want to tell you how much I made. I'm like, that's great. You want to buy a couple more? <laughs> like, you want them to make money because uh, they're, they're, they're going to come back. You know, there's no use in really being a wholesaler who wholesales one property. Uh, you know, what's the point? You know, if you really gouge somebody and then they never come back, that's not good. So there's a lot of intricacies, Mark, but I don't know. I think the basics, Eric definitely covered them all. Dave Litchfield, thoughts? I mean, I buy a lot of land wholesale a lot of it. And I can tell you what my main pet peeves are. You know, it's when I, when I, somebody will say like, Hey, I've got wholesale land for sale. And I'll say, great, send me it over. Let me take a look at it. And I'll ask what the price is. And they'll say, well, make me an offer. It's like, you don't want me to make an offer. Cause I'm going to make an offer of what I would pay for this. You know, uh, if I were buying it direct from the seller. So I think it's important to have a price, um, listed, provide all of the information that I need in order to make my decision quickly. So GPS coordinates, you know, APN, a correct legal description. Um, if you have some comps or any other basic information, that all helps speed up the process. If you're trying to wholesale some property, your goal needs to be to sell these quickly and uh, do whatever you can do to make moving that inventory easy. So, you know, don't, don't try to change the price. I tried to buy some property from a guy the other day and I told him which ones I wanted but I told him I wasn't going to buy it until I had the land geek VAs do due diligence on it because I'd never worked with him before. And he said, yeah, no problem. The next day he emailed me back and said, Oh, I sold those. And it's like, all right, well, that's kind of not cool. Cause I said, I wanted them. And 
not sure I want those other five either now because you sold out, those out from under me. I mean, you can't give me a day or two or the problem could have been resolved if he had done or had been willing to share his due diligence, which he wasn't. So that was kind of, kind of fishy. So um, those are some of my big pet peeves, but Hey, you know, there's plenty of uh, wholesalers out there and I love to buy wholesale land. I absolutely love it. I, I think it cuts out a lot of the work and a lot of the middleman and you just get straight to uh, marketing, which is fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one, one of the craziest deals I ever did was with a wholesaler and, and basically he was like, look, if you don't buy this, I'm going to go to this guy that I know would ruin the market. So I quickly did due diligence. I missed a bunch of stuff. And so you don't want to ever feel pressured, even though the price is right necessarily to, to close too quickly and, you know, take your time. Deals are like the bus. There's always another one down the, the road. Scott Todd, what's sort of the, the rules that you have as far as, you know, right before you're going to going to buy wholesale? Well, essentially, you know, like, like it's been said, I want to be able to double my money, right? I, I need to be able, when I pay it, I need to be able to double my money on the cash, not the term. Someone can't come in and say, well, you know, it sells for 4,000 on terms or 3,000 on cash. So I want the $2,000. Well, that leaves me no, no room, no room for negotiation. It kind of puts me into a, a bottle. The other, the other thing is that, you know, so, so that's one piece on, on the buying side is that, you know, you got to leave room. You got to know the pricing because I'm coming to you. You're coming to me to ask me to buy. And essentially I might ask you like, okay, well, what's the retail price of this? And it, it's always nice when someone can give me the comps because as a wholesaler, your job is to make it easy for me, right? Like that's one of the reasons why I'm paying you a premium. I'm paying you a premium over what I could buy it because you're, you're like the easy button for me. So you should be able to tell me, Hey, here's the comps. Here's, in fact, here's proof. Here's, here's some links on Landmoto. Great. Those are always nice. Uh, you know, here's, here's uh, the due diligence. Here's some work that I did. Here's a marketing package. Great. You're, now you're adding value to the transaction as opposed to, oh, here's a property. And, and you think that the transaction alone has value. It doesn't. So essentially add value to the transaction. And that's what you're getting paid for. You're getting paid to do something. I think that it's uh, like Tate said, I think it's wrong when, when someone comes to you and they say, Hey, listen, I, I want to sell this wholesale. You're like, okay, great. Um, you know, I need a couple days and then, then they get antsy or they get an offer from somebody else. The next thing you know, they bolt and you have spent time and money to do due diligence or to get ready. And then they're, then they're gone. All right. Like, the, Hey, I got an offer from somebody else. Okay. Well I just spent, you know, like 30 bucks or 50 bucks doing due diligence on you on your behalf. And essentially you're going to go to somebody else because maybe they offered you a little bit more or something. Well, then you should have gone there first, right? Like lesson learned, add them to your buyer's list and, and do it next time. But when you say you're going to do the deal, do the deal, be like, be someone that, that, you know, that you're trustworthy. And if you're buying wholesale, well then again, the same rules apply in reverse, right? Like, yeah, you got to be able to double your money. So you want to buy it right. Essentially, when you're buying wholesale, you know, essentially what you should be, what you should understand is that if you say you're going to buy it, you buy it. I mean, I know for, for a fact that like, I've had someone buy a wholesale property from me and guess what? They, they returned it. They're like, hey, uh, I really can't sell it. So I want my money back. I'm like, that's not cool. You bought the property. You're an investor now. You're, this is not preschool. This is big boy school. You're an investor. You made a decision. Now you need to figure out how to sell it. Well, I just want my money back. Well, why? Like I gave it to you at a discount. I mean, don't get me wrong. I gave them their money back, but guess oh, I, what? Oh, I, I wouldn't have. Well, Scott <laughs> Todd, I'm like, look, this is wholesale. You go to Nordstrom Rack, all sales are final. That's why you're getting such a good deal at Nordstrom Rack. You don't want that? You want to have a return? You want a return policy? Go to Nordstrom. Pay 300% more. <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't want to deal with them. So I gave them their money back and uh, they, they were off to the races and that was it. But that's not cool, right? Like it's not cool. Figure it out. Work it out. Sell it. You know, that's really the thing is that um, you, you, you got to – you know, you got to keep moving your feet. We talk about this, right? Like you got to keep moving forward. And yeah, you know what? You may not know how to solve the problem right now. 
you got to stop sometimes and really dig, dig deep because the success that you want is going to come to people who really want it. If you don't really want it, the world's going to know it. Anyway, let's go to someone who really wants the success. So, yeah, you know, yeah. essentially that's, that's kind of the rules is that be cool. You know, if you're, if you're, I mean, I actually had someone in, in a flight school class once, Mark, that they really got freaked out because they sold land. Uh, they were buying land wholesale. They were buying the land. No, I'm sorry. They sold the land. They sold the land. The, uh, they transferred the deed. And then they, then they never heard back from the person who was buying it. And they're like, hey, w- what's going on? And then it's like quiet crickets like nothing and it freaked them out it freaked them out because it was their first transaction and they were they were selling this land they transferred they thought that they had been hosed and finally they get in touch with a person by text and the person's like who is this again and i'm like what you're doing a transaction with somebody especially on a wholesale deal you need to communicate more than anything you need to communicate because this is this is like the rap the world of rapid rapid fire land investing do it, do the deal, communicate, hey, this is what's going on, white glove service, get out and, and do it again. But, you know, if, if you're going to go missing on somebody when, when they transferred the land to you and you're not going to pay them, you're going to freak people out and you're going to get a bad reputation in the community. Don't, don't be that person. Yeah, absolutely. So in, in my course, I'm going through and showing people how I buy wholesale or the way to do it. So I'm going on landmoto.com and I'm looking at, okay, here's the retail price and just divide by two. And then I'm like, okay, now contact the seller. Now the seller may or may not sell to you wholesale, but it doesn't cost you anything to find out. So just for fun, I emailed uh, Jen and Tyler, the land duo. And I'm saying, hey, would you take, they had it listed for five grand. I'm like, hi, would you take 2,500 for this property just as sort of a, a case study? And she emails me back, she's like, okay, yeah. She's like, here's my, you know, my checkout link. Go ahead and put the $2,500. I was like, no, 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 no. You're, I watched this on this retail. I was just doing this for, you know, a case study. And I started thinking to myself, well, maybe I should buy it. Like, okay. But because they're coaching clients, I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do necessarily. But it just goes to show you like, you know, like, like honestly, I think Tate Litchfield is the perfect example of, of the, uh, of what life is like in the land business. You're just fishing, just keep fishing, right? Sometimes you're going to catch a 12 pounder. Sometimes you might get nothing that day, but you just keep going out there, keep fishing. And no one's going to accept the offer. I got to tell you this story about my last fishing trip. So I'm, I'm out there middle of nowhere and I meet this guy and you know, we're out in the middle of the ocean and the sun is hot. So normally you're wearing kind of like a long sleeve shirt to keep the sun off you and a hat and, you know, either shorts or a pair of pants, water wicking pants. And this guy's out there wearing a basketball jersey and a pair of like Hawaiian swim trunk bottoms. And, uh, you know, after two or three days looking at him, I'm like, all right, man, you got, what's the deal behind the basketball jersey? And he said, it was a, a James Harden jersey. You know the guy? Sure, the he, beard. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I fish like James Harden plays basketball. I was like, uh, I don't know what you mean. He's like, I just keep shooting. I just keep catch, casting all day long. And eventually, I know that I'm going to make it happen. So, yeah. Got to keep fishing. Yeah, you got to show up. 80% of the success in life is showing up. You got to keep – you got to keep – you know, casting, shooting. It's a numbers game. So let's go to Bearland, Aaron, and Mimi. And let's talk about the other side of the transaction. So now we know how to buy wholesale, but how do we quickly double our money and sell it? Bearland, Aaron, what, is, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess you have to start off knowing your market pretty well, um, because that means you have to be able to buy that property right. Um, you know, you can't, uh, you know, there's certain certain properties that you may buy that are kind of going to be something that you need to retail. Maybe they have a lot of back taxes, um, but the deal still makes some sense. But that's not necessarily going to be a property eligible for wholesale, you know, because you're just not going to make it work. And then you're going to be one of those people that are trying to wholesale a property with no meat on the bone because you still need to make back what 
you know, you put into it and a little bit of profit, but unfortunately that squeezes the other end too tight. Um, so assuming you can buy it right, you know, um, then you want to, you know, we've got a great community of a lot of people who are, you know, educated correctly. So you've got a, you know, a pretty good market to be able to sell that. And there's different ways, um, different you know, ways you can go buy it. You can go, you can put a wholesale price on land moto. Um, you know, you can offer oh, it. To we, I, I, we've already bought it wholesale. So oh. now we're selling it now retail. Yeah. Oh, so post purchase retail. Post purchase. Right. Like, so I already bought it wholesale. Now I'm going to sell okay. it retail to the new buyer. Okay. So at that point to me, it's not any different than, you know, any other. I mean, I know my margin's going to be smaller than if I had purchased it, but I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to, um, as soon as I have an agreement with the person I bought it from or it's deeded, you know, whatever, I'm going to start pre-marketing that property. I'm going to send it out to my buyer's list and, um, um, you know, we're going to get it in the market rotation and it's going to go you know, it's going to be priced the same as anything I had bought. I just know my margin's a little smaller, but the nice thing is I, I can speed up the, um, the entire process a little bit because it didn't involve, you know, the first half. So um, even though my margins are smaller, um, I can add a little bit of speed to that money um, just because, you know, there was less time involved in, in the purchase end of it. So you know, I'm going to put it out for terms. I'm going to put it out for cash sale um, and rinse and repeat. I mean, there's not much, not much different. Um, the only thing I would say, though, is um, if the person presented photos to me so I could see the land, that sort of thing, or certain marketing materials, um, I think it's fair to ask, you know, if you're allowed to use that, you know, like, um, well, let, let's ask you Mike. Know, I mean, Mike, when you wholesale you know I mean? a deal, mm -hmm. you allow your wholesaler to use your maps, to use all your material that you're providing them for due diligence. Of course, I'm encouraging it. I want them to sell it so they buy more. Absolutely. Yeah, Mike was the first person that I wholesale that I bought from, and he's been doing it so much. I, he spoiled me, and so I thought when I bought other wholesale, wholesale deals that it would be the same experience, right? And I, I learned quickly that it wasn't the case. <laughs> so um, some tips I would suggest, make sure if you're buying a wholesale deal that the seller sends you draft deeds, draft TD-1000s, whatever supporting documents required before the transaction is complete, make sure they're doing those for you. And I've actually had a person, I taught his VA how to create a deed with multiple properties on it to save the filing fees, right? You file one deed as opposed to two or three. And then he charged me a document fee. So as a wholesaler, you shouldn't be charging other investors. Documents, Somebody, right? Uh, I, I would have stopped the deal right then and there. Oh, the <laughs> nerve. I could Yeah. So, um, yeah, as a seller or as a buyer, do not pay any doc fees between, you know, from a wholesaler. Another did, tip. Uh, Mimi, did you not tell him, do you know who I am? Well, I wasn't <laughs> at the time. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, say, and I completely agree with uh, keeping your word. If you, if you make a deal with somebody, follow through with it. Um, I've had that happen a couple of times. And um, I even had somebody recently say, well, send me a check. I said, okay. And the next day he's like, I'm not going to do the deal with you because um, on Facebook, I can get the money almost immediately. And I was, I'm the number one proponent of paying for wholesale deals on Facebook. I was only going to pay you a check because you asked me to. So I uh, recommend paying for wholesale deals on Facebook. Um, save yourself fees. Um, I, the only thing different when I'm going to sell a wholesale deal is I always check my yields, right? Since my margin is going to be yes or less, I check my yield on the financial calculator to make sure it's still within my allowable, you know, my okay range. And then everything else is exactly the same. Same okay. cash price, same term price. Yeah, I mean, I, I would make the argument that in today's market, the fastest way now to sell is going to be Facebook. 
for what we call like the wholesaling model. You buy wholesale and you sell retail. And I think that it's going to be on Facebook. And I think you could do either quick cash, but I think you're going to have a bigger buyer pool on easier terms, right? So like when, when Eric and I started on Facebook two, three years ago, it was just a, a couple of us out there. It would take me 20 leads to get a sale and then 50 or 60 on Craigslist to get a sale. And that's really changed. You get, um, it'll take me a lot more Facebook leads, but I get them faster. So it's still the fastest way to sell, but I, I do need more leads to close the sale. There's just, um, and on the buy sell groups, you'll find a lot more tire kickers, but not as many on marketplace because people are becoming more savvy and they're more accustomed to seeing land now. Whereas before they'd never seen it, two, three years in, they, they'll go out looking for land. And I'll see, my poster will even tell me, I know this person is a buyer because he's bought from other investors. So there are repeat buyers out in the Facebook marketplace market now that are very savvy with land investors. Whereas two, three years ago. All right, great. So Eric Peterson... I bought it wholesale quickly, got all my marketing material, put it on Facebook. I sold it. Now I've got to close it, right? What's the quickest and easiest way now to close that deal with your new retail buyer? Select the down payment via geek pay. Down payment as well as doing the paperwork. Yeah. Um, so down payment doc fee via geek pay and uh, use LG pass to generate your docs and something like sign now or write signature DocuSign, et cetera, um, to have those documents electronically signed. Um, you should be able to finish that whole process and typically like a day if you're, if your buyer is, um, you know, pretty proactive in terms of doing their portion. All right. Fantastic. Tate, you want the last word on this? Uh, I don't know what else I'd add. I mean, Eric kind of nailed it. Just, you know, be transparent when it comes to either buying or selling wholesale. Everybody needs to win in that situation. If, if everybody's not winning and everybody's not happy, it's not a good deal. Um, but you know, that trust that you gain, uh, Mimi said that she worked with Mike at first and then she's worked with other people and she'd probably rather work with Mike again over a lot of these other people she's done deals with. I know I'm that way because, you know, I trust Mike. I don't even necessarily do a whole lot of due diligence when it comes to buying land from him. It's like, here's the price. Cool. There's no, we don't beat each other up because I know he's given me the best deal possible. And the reason he's given me that deal pop, uh, as low as possible is because he knows I'm going to commit to it within the next hour or two. And that right there is, is kind of the beauty of how buying or selling wholesale really works. Thanks for listening to the Art of Passive Income podcast. Start your journey at www.thelandgeek.com and www.scotttodd.net. Rate and review the podcast and email support at thelandgeek.com. Your screenshot for a free passive income launch kit.